Hey everyone, welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. In the Mobile User Acquisition Show, we talk about how to use mobile user acquisition strategies to grow your app quickly and capital efficiently. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is presented by me, Shamant Rao, mobile growth leader and founder and CEO of the mobile growth consulting firm, Rocketship HQ. Each episode includes strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile user acquisition that you can use to unlock tremendous growth for your app in a sustainable and capital-efficient manner. Our guest today is Kintaro Sugiura, founder at Everglong Games and former head of user acquisition for APAC at Boombit. I'm excited to welcome Kentaro Sugiura to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Kentaro, welcome to the show. Samas, thank you for having me. And I'm uh, very happy to talk about uh, my project and share my experience. I'm especially excited to have you, Kentaro, because I think when we first connected about the podcast, we were like, oh, Kentaro, maybe you can talk about Google UAC or APAC and stuff. And then I realized you've done something that not very many people have done, which is transition from being a game marketer to a game developer. And, uh, very quickly, I realized you have a lot of very interesting perspectives and experiences to share about your transition, your project, and all the progress you have made. Excited to dive into all of that and to set the lay of the land. Can you tell us what you do now? So uh, I'm working for game publisher, which is mainly focusing on console game, but I'm also having my own mobile game studio, which focus on classic games such as Sudoku, Sorokia, Checkers, Domino, you know, this kind of classic games. And I previously worked for Hori Social Casino Developer Huge, Huge Games, as a senior media buyer. Then used to work for uh, another Polish game developer called Boombit as a head of marketing APAC. So as Sharman's uh, mentioned, I have 100% you know, marketing background, but uh, I decided to start my own game studio. And uh, because I have some hypotheses that classic games such as Sudoku or Saltier, Checkers, there's not much difference between, let's say, my game and some game from the big developer in terms of the gameplay or graphic. Mm-hmm. So my hypothesis like for this kind of classic game, most important thing is uh, how to do the marketing, how to run the marketing. And, you know, for most people who think about starting their own game development studio, they probably think, and I include myself in this group, right? They probably think, oh, we need to have 200 levels in this game. We need to have a big team of game designers, artists, and PMs. And obviously the games you have built are not as complex as that. So how do you think about the competitiveness of your games versus other game studios, which are much better funded, but also have more depth and complexity? Yeah. So uh, as I said, uh, the classic game doesn't have any difference between, uh, let's say, indie developer and the big developers, because it's, the game is too simple. Just imagine like, you know, Saltier on uh, Windows 95 and Saltier on the latest Windows. 
there's not much difference, right? In terms of gameplay. This is good for me because I don't have much resource. As, as you mentioned, like I'm not found it as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have to find such a niche, which I don't have disadvantage, but I can best my, utilize my skill. This is one thing. Uh, another thing that's usually these classic games has very good like, retention in a longer period. So I know that, you know, from my previous experience, I know Sudoku can have lifetime, you know, like one year or two years. Some of Solkier game has over three years. So this uh, gives me, you know, more, let's say, availability to uh, optimize the you know, game product, also, you know, marketing side as well. Now I, can, I can give you some example. So my first Sudoku product, I spent 500 bucks. Yeah. And I test it out, you know, just, you know, the Google USC install volume campaign, no optimization, just install volume, pure install wow. volume. And I already got day one retention, 25%. And if yeah. we take a benchmark, let's say from the liftoff report, yeah. the puzzle category, median day one retention is 29%. Wow. And uh, I don't know how much they spend like, for the production, but I you know yeah. like, it gives me the, enough reason to, you know, continue the project because yeah. I see the potential here. Yeah. So you were like, let's put a game out there. Let's see what comes back. And you're like, this is very strong. These are very strong metrics, even with a simple classic game. So let's continue to pursue it. For building your first Sudoku game and uh, afterward, what sort of technology uh, resourcing did you need? What sort of teams did you have to build? And how did you hire these developers? What was that process like? Yeah. So for the typical for Sudoku project, uh, I was looking for my developer on freelance.com. So I don't know if you know about this site. So basically, you know, you mm-hmm. can post some project mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, some people, you know, uh, post making some offer for you. Okay. And uh, just, you know, I post, uh, you know, with a description that what kind of game I want to make. So for me, it's like Sudoku. So it's, I, I don't need to explain so much. And I also put the, some of the, you know, reference. So I ask a developer to uh, play the, these games and tell me that, you know, it's possible to do that. Some of function, you know, they cannot do that with the budget. And, you know, they all tell me. And also I put the, uh, some sentence about the SDKs because I would like to put the Firebase, uh, AdMob as a ad mediation and a Facebook audience network for the uh, ad mediation. So, you know, I prefer to work with someone who has uh, experience with implementing these SDKs. And uh, as you said, you have been a marketer. You do not have a technical background. So... What was the process of making the specs for what the developer needed to execute on a day-to-day, week-to-week uh, time frame? Was there a way you spec'd it out? Uh, how, what was that communication like? So as you said, I don't have any technological background. I don't know how to code. I don't know how to make an application or you know, game for mobile. So I have zero. Let's say in terms of the, let's say, Sudoku, okay, I want to implement, let's say, the leaderboard. And I will ask the developer, like, is it possible to do that? And he will tell me that, you know, what kind of difficulty we could see and, uh, you know, what kind of problem we could have. 
So then I break it down. Okay, so if we have this kind of problem, then how about this? How about this runway? And we try to make some, you know, points that, you know, which we all happy uh, that, you know, he can do that, yeah. let's say, with the budgets. And uh, I also, you know, the happy with the, you know, result. Yeah. So how it looks like. Yeah. Uh, so this is like a game production. Uh, and when it comes to the SDK uh, implementation and integration, it's a, this is sometimes, you know, it's more complex, but we are not first person to implement or integrate some of the SDK with the Sudoku. Right. So right. we have some access to the, some game community. So I'm located in Poland. We have a, a big game community. And I asked some people to, you know, how to do that. And, uh, you know, this experienced programmer work as a mentor for us. They have mm-hmm. some technical stuff. So make sure that everything's okay. So this is uh, how, how I work with developers. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of working with developers and accessing technical know-how, websites like sellmyapp.com, which offers source codes to games and they can be customized. Uh, so would you recommend using sites like that or building from scratch? Why? If you want to make a classic game, typically, I think yeah. that it doesn't matter what like you make from scratch or, you know, you buy uh, the app itself from uh, app.com or, you know, somewhere. Because the game, it's a very simple to, you know, make, yeah. develop. You yeah. know, you buy like Unity assets, 50 bucks. And, yeah. you know, if you are somewhere, you know how to do the code, probably, you know, you can make uh, some prototype one or two hours you know, mm-hmm. but when it comes to the design, it's, you have to think. So I don't think that, you know, if you buy some some, some game on uh, sellmyapp.com and just publish it, you can get enough attention from a user mm-hmm. because of the design. So you need to know customize design. And if you customize design, uh, probably you pay more than, uh, it's right. a single much cheaper and faster to make it from scratch. That's my opinion. Right. Right. So you're saying, look, the UI, the UX just needs to look nicer. It does need to look better. And that can take a lot of work if you buy something yeah, exactly. the shelf. So when it comes to a classic game, there's no difference in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So this is what we have to think out about more about the UI and mm-hmm. how, you know, people can play this classic game very well. Yeah. So without yeah. stress, you know, no bugs, you know, the number is you know, big yeah. enough to, you know, see that or this kind of, you know, very small details. So yeah. uh, you have to, you know, think about this kind of stuff. Yeah. How do you think about your monetization? Uh, I know you've expressed that you have SDKs in. Can you tell, tell me more about what the broad monetization strategy is? Yeah, so the game monetizing by ads as uh, usual classic games. So uh, you, you can check it on the internet, but you know usually uh, these classic games uh, earning revenue, let's say 80%, 90% from ads. So another you know, 10, 20% from the IAP. So I, I don't do IAP at this moment because I would like to more focus on the you know, game itself. I want to develop the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is how it looks like. So I'm using the uh, Armo mediation and integrated with the Facebook audience network. So this is a very, very minimum setting, to be honest. But you know, yeah. I got enough data to optimize uh, the game itself and also in automatization. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm not focusing on this at this moment. 
because I'd like to go to the very minimum setting. I don't want to invest in extra cash uh, at this moment. Yeah, that makes sense too. Again, what I also like about your approach is you're keeping things extremely simple uh, and you're keeping things very, very effective. You're not doing anything crazy or super complicated in getting your game studio off the ground. Um, and you said you really got into this as a marketer. So what does your marketing strategy look like at this point? Yeah, so at this moment, I'm running only a wide world campaign with a very, very cheap CPI. Yeah. Uh, I need some traffic to test it out some game function. So my mm-hmm. Sudoku has a leaderboard, but if, you know, if there's not enough people, we don't know if leaderboard works properly or not. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm getting some traffic. And also I'm constantly doing some design A-B tests, also doing uh, uh, some store you know, optimization as well. So I need mm-hmm. some you know, certain traffic every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is at the moment. And also I'm defining some geos which has a reasonable CPI and also easy to climb up, let's say top one to three in download ranking in the puzzle category. Sure. Yeah. So that's my idea is that, you know, I try to maximize number of the organic traffic mm-hmm. and decrease the ECPI in some selected geo. So this is what I'm doing, you know, some, this kind of test. I just see the, oh, right. I'm looking for, you know, where I can have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know? So how do you think about market creators for your marketing? You're running uh, these campaigns at a small scale. How do you make these creators? How do you think about these? How do you plan for these? Yeah, so um, I have a own designer. Uh, I founded some Facebook group. So in, in Poland, we have a game dev, Polska Praca. It's meaning that game developer, Poland, work. Mm-hmm. So I found him uh, on a Facebook group and I checked uh, his portfolio and mm-hmm. uh, I thought, you know, it works too much. It suits my needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's what I'm doing that I just go to the Facebook ad library and check mm-hmm. my uh, competitors' ads, what kind of ads they're using, and of just a uh, copy and paste. So my idea is that if uh, the same gameplay, game experience, and the same kind of the ads, the matter is how to optimize your marketing campaign. Right. Right. And that's why you have the advantage because you are a marketer. You have experience finding exactly. massive campaigns. Okay. So you're also, again, what I also like is that you're also keeping your marketing processes fairly simple and straightforward. And again, out of curiosity, you did say you're optimizing for CPI. So are you yeah. thinking about or considering the LTV in any manner? Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm not optimizing campaign towards to the CPI because CPI, if we run, let's say, incentive campaign, we can go really, really low, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm optimizing uh, actually cost per day seven user. Okay. So right. for, for, for me, yeah, so for, for me, the most valuable user is people stay in my game in day seven. And yeah. uh, based on... Uh, internal game matrix, if people stay till day seven, it's, I'm going to be profitable. Right. No, that makes sense. 
And do you have any analytics system in the game itself to track uh, the day-to-day progress? Yeah, I'm using the Firebase. Okay. Cool. Simple enough, which is free. The only thing Firebase that uh, we, we cannot break down uh, the retention by country from the dashboard. Oh, so you have to use okay. the BigQuery. But, right. uh, you know, you can use, you know, let's say, uh, Upsire or Tenjin, uh, whatever sure. you prefer. Yeah. And, you know, now that you have the game running, you're monetizing, you're marketing the game, uh, what's next for you? How do you think about working on a new game versus improving your current game via adding leaderboard, you said, to adding new features? How do you prioritize uh What's next for you? So, yeah, now I'm more focusing on this Sudoc product because uh, in terms of the in-game KPIs, I know that, you know, it's not a big difference between the big publishers. So first Sudoku, I'm I'm also working on uh, Saltier, but Saltier is like more, a little bit complex because there's a few ways of the, you know, playing of Saltier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the reason that I, I'm constantly testing, like you know, what is the best way to you know utilize my skill. What is you know more similar, mm-hmm. like you know Sudoku, like how I can mm-hmm. duplicate that strategy mm-hmm. to the Saltier. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the classic game, I have two games mm-hmm. in the pipeline. One mm-hmm. is it's kind of a shooting game, a little bit like a hyper casual, but I put more you know stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is like a more Visual Nobel game. So yeah. this is a more like APAC, you know. I'm, I'm from Japan, so, you know, I know right. like what <laughs> Japanese people like, what kind of game right. Japanese people like. So yeah. I'm making this. Yeah. And the approach you described of taking a very simple game, putting in very simple classic games, right? So very cl- classic games, putting in fairly simple marketing and monetization do you think that approach could work with a hyper-casual game as well? Mm. Why or why not? Um, maybe not you know, exactly the same approach towards the hyper-casual because hyper, usually hyper-casual games have much, much shorter product lifetime. So this yeah. is why the you know, production time should be shorter because you have to you know, constantly making the new hyper-casual games. So my right. approach is based on uh, the fact one classic games are easy to you know develop. Another yeah. thing that it ha- it classic games have very good retention in long term. Right. So if you want to you know like develop hyper casual games, you know you have to modify or adapt the strategy towards the hyper casual games. Right. That's right. my opinion. Yeah, and also I would say because you're working on classic games you don't have to prove out the game mechanic because the game mechanic is proved for hundreds of years. You don't exactly. have to change anything. With hyper-casual, I think the game mechanic is still a question mark. It can work, but maybe not. Exactly, exactly. You have to do a lot of tests, so meaning that you have to try, let's say, uh, 10, 20, 30, you know, then you, know, you go to yeah. the next level, like next production. So yeah, uh, I think yeah. it's a little bit difficult to you know, do it by yourself, you should have some team to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what sort of scale are you at with your games in terms of revenue and UA spent? Uh, so 
at this moment, my main focus is developing the, a game which people can play long time. So yes. as mentioned before, that I'm running only the worldwide campaign with very cheap CPI yeah. uh, to you know testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would expect, let's say, uh, you know, two thousand, three thousand months for US spend in the coming months, because yeah. you know, based on uh, current KPI, uh, you know, everything everything looks okay, yeah. although you know, scale is a little bit small. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, and you know, if everything's okay, let's see my cash flow, and yeah, uh, yeah probably now scale up. I'll speed up, you know, the other business. Yeah, and uh, more power to you for doing everything you're doing because this is definitely exciting. Because a lot of marketers think about what it's like to be on the uh, be a developer, but I don't think anybody I know has made the leap, and very, very few people I imagine have. Mm-hmm. So, why do you think more people don't do what you've done in transitioning from marketing to game development? I think uh, a lot of people think that having game on game studio is a difficult, maybe because of there's no you know no skill or maybe there's no knowledge they don't know how to make it. So I know like a lot of let's say developer like working on the own game. I never seen a marketer is you know working on you know on game something as yeah. you as mentioned. Yeah. I think that this uh, lack of skill, but actually as I described before that's it's not so difficult just go freelance.com you know post it and you know you just need a very um minimum initial investment Mm -hmm. uh, which is very affordable and uh, you know can make our own game we can publish you don't need to do anything like your developer will do everything yeah and uh, for marketer it's it's kind of playground you know, you can yeah. do a lot of stuff, you know, you can do, um, you know, run some marketing campaign for the experiment. So I think that's, it, it's good to know, you know, like entire mobile game ecosystem yeah. for the marketer. That's, you know, it, it helps, you know, the marketer career because you know that everything. Yeah. And I would also think that for a lot of, a lot of marketers, more like, much like myself, we work with large sums of money. Uh, some, oftentimes we work with hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. Sometimes it's helpful to get a different perspective when you're marketing your own game and you're like, my God, it is. this is what it's like to get your first 10, 50, 100 installs. So it's a very different perspective. Uh, and as you said, you get to understand the mobile ecos- gaming ecosystem from a different yeah, point of view altogether. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, I, w- I would recommend to everyone to at least try because yeah. this is a really super fun. I'm not doing yeah. for, you know, money or something. I'm just, you know, for fun, you know, just like yeah. my hobby. <laughs> yeah. Kentaro, this is very instructive and I definitely have taken a lot of notes. Uh, this has been great and I can't wait to put this out into the world. As we wrap up, can you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and your work? Yeah, if, if you have uh, uh, any question or you know some feedback, you know just uh, write my write my mail, write my name on LinkedIn, and yeah. uh, you know, we can have some discussion. Excellent. Uh, we will link to your LinkedIn on the transcript and the show notes, and I'm excited to release this into the world very soon. Hey, thank you.
Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to sharing our next episode soon.